some difficulty. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, JC and Phil. All right, inside the game cost the show, JC Sherbert, Phil Molinax here with you. Just struggling to find things to talk about today, Phil, on a Monday. Oh, I have no idea what we're going to discuss today. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, uh, Saturday, it was uh, for all you out there, just happy for all you guys. Um, obviously, the Clemson game is a huge game for the University of South Carolina. Uh, for the fans, alumni, even people that don't even care about football, they're looking for bragging rights. Like my mother called me after the game. <laughs> she, she's so busy these days, she rarely gets a chance to watch it. She watched Clubs of Carolina. She's like, hey, how about that? And I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, heard from just about everybody mm-hmm. uh, after the win. Um, Gamecocks really <clears throat> kept fighting Phil. Uh, I think it was similar to the 06. Uh, game where you know CJ Spiller was kind of running crazy in that one, and Spurrier and his guys just kept playing. Uh, ended up being a missed field goal by Jad Dean that was the difference. Clemson did not get the chance to kick a game winning field goal to this time. Uh, when um, no. you know, when the Gamecocks, uh, you know, got the fumble on the uh, punt return, Antonio Williams fumbled the ball. I feel bad for him. I know some people said it was poetic justice, uh, including Chris Phillips, and I have no problem with that. It's a rivalry. So, you know, um, I just, you know, I, I kind of felt bad for the kid, but uh, he is just a kid. He's a freshman. But, uh, hey, Nate Atkins knocked the ball out. Nate Atkins was an unsung hero during the game. Four catches for 46 yards, including a huge one early on that got the Gamecocks some momentum back. Um, and then the big play on special teams. Gamecocks special teams were elite. Phil, I mean, all year. I it, mean, just that right. Kai Kroger. My gosh, mm. what a punter! When, when Muschamp and staff signed he and Mitch Cheater, some people kind of grumbled about it a little bit. You know, like why? Why offer a scholarship to a punter and a kicker this year? Uh, well, I think you see why now. He's one of the best in the country, and he throws a mean spiral too. <laughs> um, yeah, you can sling it. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, 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 he's from Chicago land too, so the, the fiance kind of likes him. He's wet Lake Forest. The Mitch is from the Charlotte area. Uh, just nailed that field goal like it was nothing. You mm-hmm. know, you, you kind of in the back of your mind are like, "Dang, Jeter's not kicked a whole lot this year. He's nine for nine. This is a pressure situation." He just kicked it right through. Right through. Be- yep. Beautiful <laughs> kick. Um, and the Gamecocks, uh, and nobody has still won eight in a row in the rivalry. And I think a lot the fear for a lot of people um, as this rivalry has sort of evolved and Clemson has ascended to one of the best programs in college football. By the way, folks, it means more now than when Carolina was previously beating Clemson from a national perspective uh, because – Carolina's wins before were over a really good ACC team in Clemson, but not a national contender. You know, they knocked them out of the not, – not Clemson out of the playoffs. Clemson, and Clemson has not been sort of a one-hit wonder like Tennessee. They've been constant as the northern star, so to speak, yeah. uh, in the playoff every single year. They're about to win another ACC championship, I think. Um, you know, and, and I think Clemson's schedule caught up with them a little bit. I, I don't think they had played a team – or maybe had to give or play the mistake-free football it took to win the football game. 
uh, against some of these other teams they play. I mean, you talk about Louisville with their quarterback missing for a half. You talk about Miami and the dumpster fire that is down there right now. They ended the season with another brutal loss. Yeah, that was ugly. Um, <laughs> you know, Florida State was on a three-game um, win streak or losing streak. That was the third in a row they'd lost. You know, it, it's just – and I don't know. Clemson fans will probably tell you it hadn't been their most impressive year. And uh, the Gamecocks got them. And so I think the worry was this would become like the Virginia, Virginia Tech series. I think Tech's won like 16 of 17. Of course, because of the tra- the tragedy up there, they canceled the game this year, but uh, between the Hokies and Hoos. But uh, I think that was the worry. And I think in the back of people's mind, that was a concern. Uh, but hey, it's a new day. The streak is over. Shane Beamer is one and one. And Dabo Sweeney has now lost more games to South Carolina than any other opponent in his career. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> he's, he's lost six and Florida State second with five hmm. over the Tigers. So, <laughs> oh, man, and that's I'll, ACC I'll, life, man. That's ACC life. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring up an, another point. You know, they play at Frank Howard Field. Uh, he's one of their legendary coaches. Did not win a national championship like Danny Ford. Frank Howard had a losing record against the Gamecocks. So, hmm. It's kind of funny how sometimes those things work out. But anyway, you take the one-point win. Carolina certainly had some mistakes that could have been very costly. But I, I think at the end, Clemson made more mistakes than the Gamecocks at critical times. Yeah. Um, you know, they tried to they tried to get cute on the little uh, the play from Little Giants or whatever. Where they? Oh my uh, goodness! Uh, that Dabo Sweeney ran down to the Dollar General and bought a box that said Beamer Bar, Ball, but it had two E's in it instead of an E A. That's exactly what happened there. <laughs> he, 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 he ordered that off Wish. Yeah, Wish. You got the Wish special teams. Yeah, Limbo spelled with an I. <laughs> it's like the, the, the ripoff. Uh, anyway, uh, Nana Sports chat box. Please be patient today, guys, if you're in the chat yeah, box. <laughs> this is obviously going to be a packed show. Don't forget Keith's coming up later. Oh, I almost forgot something, Phil. Mm. I almost forgot to mention this piece of news, okay? I forgot. Um, the uh, ACC and SEC are, are going to do now a men's basketball and women's basketball challenge, replacing the Big Ten and Big 12 challenge because the Big Ten's going to – oh, wait a minute. That's not it. Okay. That is news, though. Yeah. <laughs> that is news. Uh, and I think that'll be exciting. Gamecocks will get to play. Nobody gets left out of this one, unlike the Big 12 SEC Challenge. The Gamecocks get to play North Carolina, NC State, whoever. But anyway, no. Marcus Satterfield accepted the offensive coordinator's job at Nebraska this morning. He is out. And the Gamecocks will have a new OC very soon. So, Funny how um, things just work themselves out, JC. <laughs> Nebraska fans are actually excited about it. I think Gamecock fans are equally as excited, I think, you know, it, it almost was damning the last two weeks. Um, and, and, look, I didn't think he called. I thought he called a really great game uh, against Tennessee, and they just kept attacking. Gamecocks didn't match up as well against Clemson's defense. Obviously, Clemson's defense is a lot better. But, man, he continued to – they continue to attack. They they mm-hmm. set Rattler up for success. You know, are there things I could pick apart? Absolutely. And, and look, I go back to 2019 – when I jumped off the BMAC train, I remember the exact moment. Carolina's down, what, 10 to Missouri on the road, a game they needed to get. 
Uh, they're inside the three, and Holinsky throws a pass. It's a pick six. We were at the wedding. Remember that? We were at the the, the yeah. one wedding I've ever been to during the Gamecock football game, um, and and that was the game. And uh, they reminded me of that. I was like, oh, just, why even throw it in that situation? Yeah. Because if you even if you get a field goal, you're only down six. And I didn't think this was the type of game, unlike Tennessee, where you're not going to win at kicking field goals. You, you can still win at kicking field goals because I, I thought Clayton White second half adjusted his defense and just made it really tough on them. Of course, Clemson in bad field position, you know, uh, that limits your play calling because you, you know, especially with the way they've been turnover prone, um, you know, and, you know, so that I, I thought Carolina beat a good football team. You know, I, I don't think Clemson's what they've been, but I think they're a good football team. They're hard to beat. And I was sitting there thinking that. I said, watched Antonio Williams get to the 45 before he fumbled. I was like, hard to beat. They're going to kick it. (laughs) And then after that, it was just uh, euphoria at Memorial Stadium Mm -hmm. on Saturday. Nana Sports chat box, Zach says, I'm in way early, but so excited. I can't contain myself. An absolute dream of the season, and sad is gone. Happy Clemson victory Monday, fellas. Quasi says, I'm drinking orange juice this morning, freshly squeezed. Satterfield's going to Nebraska. I called that Saturday when Matt Rule was announced as head coach. Yeah, I think we all kind of figured that would happen. I was told behind the scenes it's already been worked out. And, and I'll tell you some other that behind the scenes, uh, I've heard this has been a, not not him to Nebraska necessarily, but not coming back for a while. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about the timeline. I'm sure Beamer's not going to spin it that way. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying Beamer's incorrect because uh, this is kind of just information from a decent source, uh, you know, but uh, – I have reason to believe this has been in the works. For, yeah, for most everything while. I've seen is is kind of spinning it like, you know, South Carolina tried to keep him, but the call to go out to Nebraska was just too much. So, Yeah, that's good probably what the spin will be. Yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, well, <laughs> there'll always be November of 2022, or the second <laughs> half of November of 22. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Jer- Jeremy says to the gangsters out there that had the guts to place a wager with your Clemson fans, I say good day to you. Let's go. <laughs> I say good day to you, good I sir. Good day. Speaking of good day, thanks to Tim with his email from the mailbag. Yeah, yeah. From um, yeah. IL Consulting Mailbag, we got we got a letter from down under, right? Mm-hmm. Sure um, I don't have it pulled up yet, but uh, I do remember the one line: "Up the mighty Cox, up the Cox, <laughs> up, the up the mighty Cox." Cox. <laughs> Cynical says. Gamecock things are great for Gamecock Nation. Daniel says, smoke them if you got them. Uh, Ross says, I like sat in Nebraska. Just need the board to open the purse for Shane to get the OC we need. Uh, again, I can share with you uh, money's going to be in place. You know, I think, uh, you know, they're obviously, you're not going to overpay for anybody. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think if there's a guy they want, I don't think money's going to be an obstacle. Um, and you know, and that doesn't mean either because you know, money wasn't an obstacle when they hired Shane Beamer, but everybody thinks because his salary is a little on the low end that you know that that was the deal. But I mean, that you, you don't just hang out a shingle and say, This job's open, it's paying 2.75. Come on down, yeah, come on down, yeah, come, come on down. Millions. <laughs> uh, although something tells me Mr. Beamer is going to be uh making a bit more money here soon. I think he's earned it. Uh, yeah, and, and I look, man, that, that's 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 who I give the credit for the last two weeks. You know, this for this sure. guy, he was catching some crap. I mean, I know, I know. Look, man, I know I defended him for not getting rid of Sat in the middle of the season, and I said, well, he's he's got a team to coach. He believes they're going to go out and win. Um, 
I defended that, but I also, it's the interest of fairness, because I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I called it or anything. Um, you know, I also said if I were him, I would have already cut ties. And we, I think we were in agreement with that was our personal opinion, but I saw why Shane didn't do it. Well, credit him for not doing it, because those kids believed, and they went out there and played. And, and if you upset that apple cart at all, you may not have had the outcomes that you did. Uh, mm -hmm. It's kind of like a butterfly effect. <laughs> no. Don't mess it up. You see that movie, Butterfly? No. Ashton, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher it's free, freaks me out every time I see it. Anyway, Cynical says extremely proud of the program. Uh, my, Matt says, is y'all sound jacked up? Oh, that out. was just during the pre-show pre scroll. There's no sound in the pre-show. <laughs> oh, okay, during the pre-show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, definitely wish that the best. We're a hot commodity night right now, so Beamer should have no trouble finding a good OC. Senegal was working long hours in the boonies, but watching the Gamecocks on the laptop helped me get a boost. What a win. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. uh, Roddy says, good morning. Wow, the house is packed and lit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Creasy says that Satterfield move had to have been finalized like a month ago. Well, how these things were, you know, for a while, it looked like rule. Nebraska didn't offer like a bunch of years to Matt Rule to begin with. Um, and so he kind of said no. But then, like, they came back and were like, all right, we're, we're the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We're tired of this crap. <laughs> you know, here's seven years, nine million, whatever you want. Because Matt Rule, say what you want about his tenure with the Panthers, but there's a long, long list of great, not just good, great college coaches that have been failures in the NFL that have come back and been great in college. South Carolina had one a couple of years ago. He's the winningest coach in the history of the program. Mm -hmm. um, look at his NFL record, right? Mm. Um, and, and so I think I think that's a tremendous, tremendous hire uh, for yeah. Nebraska. Now, whether or not Marcus Satterfield works out, I'll just say this. In the Big Ten, mm. you can get by with running it up the middle all the time, right? Yeah, playing at, at a snail's pace. Yeah, going the yeah. turtle speed. Yeah, that's hey, you, got, you grind it out. That's how they do it. Meredith says, Victory Monday. Thanks, Meredith. Yeah. Victory Monday 4.0. Uh, Clint makes a good point. Kai Kroger won the Ray Guy Award for Saturday's game alone. I, if he doesn't win it, I'd like to see who's better. I, I mean, in these all-American teams, uh, if somebody just lazily puts a punter on there from a blue blood that has decent numbers and forgets about Kai Kroger, I think they're sadly mistaken. I think I'm about ready to say the same about Limbo and the Broyles Award. Yeah, after after Saturday's performance, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know there's some good coordinators out there, but show me one who's done more. No, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's I haven't tracked to, to honestly feel I haven't tracked punters nationally. No, no, but, they haven't. I mean, but I, I will give you fair warning. I'm going to. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be looking deep now. <laughs> Xavier points out Kai Kroger is going to be an NFL quarterback. <laughs> James points out something good about the game. Didn't hear about any of the D-line stars from Clemson the entire game, minus the safety. KJ, Breeze, XT, none of them. The linebacker was a problem. Yeah, uh, Trotter was amazing. Yeah, uh, for the great game. Yeah, you yeah. did. Barrett Carter is a good player. Their linebackers are some of the best Carolinas faced. Don't know what's up with their D line. I will say this: watched a lot of Clemson ball this year. Sometimes they play like the unit everybody expected. Sometimes they don't, and they did not. Carolina's O line, at least in pass protection, got the best of them. Now, it sort of looked to me like they just weren't going to let Carolina run the ball, and they didn't. And how refreshing no. is this? 
Because I've said before, you know, the whole one of the gripes of the offense under Satterfield's been well when they don't run it at will almost, or at least pile up yardage. And re- remember, they had 152 rushing against Tennessee, which is a pretty good number. Um, they they can't move it. Well, they did Saturday. They they big played Clemson, explosive played Clemson to death. Um, you know, you know. Next thing you know, this is whatever and seven or long, and Rattler's launching a ball to Juice Wells, <laughs> and that's how you. Ha- that's how you beat them, Phil. I mean, yeah. I've, I've, that's how what Ohio State did to them in the playoff. So LSU did to them in the championship. Um, the strength you know, of that team on defense is the front seven. If you yeah. can get it beyond that, you got a shot. Yeah, and I mean that defense bust too a lot because of the, yeah. their their emphasis on pressure. They it's high risk, high reward, and I, I don't think that's changed going from. Uh, Oh, uh, Brent Venables to Godwin. Brent's just better at calling it last minute, you know. But, uh, you know, and congrats, Craig. You did say Trotter was a problem, and that's true. Jared says, can we officially begin OC speculation now? I, You know, all right, so I take a look at Kendall Bryles. Um, I, I know that's a huge name, right? And, and that's, that's uh, somebody that everybody's going to be – latched uh, attached to Here, here's the thing i think south carolina's got a shot at him a shot that's it uh i also think that as someone pointed out in the chat box earlier if Hugh freeze goes to auburn which may or may not happen uh and fau is now open too they they got rid of poor willie taggart <laughs> I saw a joke meme saying that Taggart was going to go to Miami to be the OC. <laughs> Boy, Willie Taggart, that, that, no star has diminished <laughs> as much as as, as uh, Willie Taggart. But uh, you know, it was just uh, it was just one of those things. Um, it, you know, so that could come open too. And you know, Kendall Browse is probably ready to be a head coach, but. Um, I think beyond that, you know, Graham Harrell from West Virginia is a name. People were throwing around Zach Kitley from Texas Tech. Um, you know, he, he's – I don't know if you, if you say he has connections to Clayton White or not because he was – they kind of cross. Clayton came to South Carolina before he was at Western Kentucky for one year. He was uh, – and he's home at Texas Tech too. So, I don't know. You know, the Big 12 – uh, teams now have a little more money because they signed a new TV deal that was actually more than they thought it would be, about $50 million a year. So uh, will, would he leave Lubbock for the SEC? That's the question. Uh, Saunders says the refs missed an illegal forward pass. I, it looked to me like it was it was behind the line on, on oh, yeah. TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know, I know, and the safety looked kind of iffy as well, but they had Matt Austin on there, and he said, no, oh, no, the safety was legit. So mm-hmm. – um, and Xavier says the best part of the win is that the game was not clean. We made serious mistakes and found a way to win. Yep. yep. And it kind of it kind of yep. mm-hmm. came down to who made the most mistakes and field position. <laughs> Go figure. Yep. I know. That's just, T- <laughs> just amazing. Uh Tiffany says everyone hating on the bowl formerly known as Outback, but I like it. The matchup with the Illini is favorable to get that ninth win. Um uh, Barry Lunny Jr. from Illinois could be another guy to kind of keep an eye on. He used to be at Arkansas, OC. He was the quarterback out there under Danny Ford at Arkansas, um, although he just did sign an extension. Hey, matching up with big – I mean, with Brett, you know, mm-hmm. can't, can't call him what I normally call him on the show. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, remember, they had the number one defense in the, in the country for a while and held mm-hmm. Michigan to 19 points on their home field. Uh, but they did struggle with Purdue and that passing game and all that good stuff. So uh, we'll see. And if I'm skipping somebody, guys, um, on the on the chat box, just come back with the with the question later. I'll try to get to everybody. It's going to be a possible day, though. Um, Drew says, JC, Arkansas fans seem to want Browse gone. They say he makes boneheaded goal line calls. Do you have any thoughts on this? Seems like he may be one of our top candidates. Uh, I don't really care. I think they're frustrated because they had a tough season with yeah. injuries. And I don't know that Sam Pittman – like, okay, so your goal line calls and things like that. If you're even a little bit creative, as we found out with, uh, quite frankly, Sat <laughs> uh, early in the game uh, the other day, if uh, – you know, if you're not just running it up the middle and your head coach is an offensive line coach, he's going to get ticked off, <laughs> you know. Um, and you think about Sam Pittman and where he's coached. He's never he's never really had a guy like Browse, you know, that he's worked with. He, he's had more like the Jim Chaney type of guy or the ground and pound kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe he's thinking, you know, that, that kind of – Browse style and working for us, but that's you know, everybody has their own DNA as a program. Uh, what I like about Kendall Browse is he can adapt to whatever your strength is. You know, if it's five wide and chucking it all over the yard, he can do it. If it's running it out of with a running quarterback out of a diamond formation and running some option, he can do it. Um, that's what I've always admired about him, and I think at South Carolina, you need that flexibility. You know, because you're not always going to have everything, but it, you'll always have strengths. And if you play to your strengths, oh, as we found out, you know, guess who caught 20 passes the last two weeks? Juice Wells. Juice Wells. I've oh been on that goodness. been on that bandwagon for a while, right? Oh, um, yeah. you know, my neighbors you, were probably thinking my wife and I were insufferable to- toddlers hauling for juice all Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Steve says, who's your top three list for new OC? I mean, like I said, let's start with browsing. I'll tell you some guys I like. Um, You know, I like Kevin Johns from Duke. He was at Memphis and knows Limbo. I like the guy from Vandy. I think his name's Lynch uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think he's kind of turned it around. I like Graham Harrell. I know West Virginia did not have the year they want. Uh, You know, even like former head coaches, like a guy like Dan Mullen. uh, You know, I don't know. Chris says, sorry if this was answered. We'll sat be here for the bowl game. I don't think so, but I can't I can't completely rule that out. You know, I would think even Matt Rule would want him to get and also it looks like the bowl, unless it's the Gator, if it's the Relia Quest or the Citrus, it'll be after January after December 31st. And that's when his contract expires. So, so um no. Saunders says Lincoln's actually a really nice place to be fair. I agree. Too flat. Come, Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> We're off come, to Nebraska. <laughs> come, Mr. Bigglesworth. Put the book of a million plays in the radio flyer and haul it to the land of corn, where we will go run 1.3 million plays. Million Ooh, plays. The, the Big Ten will never see it coming. <laughs> they got a great fan base out there. It's, I mean, you oh. know, it's, uh, you hate to see Nebraska in the state that they're in. And I hope Rule brings them back to something of national import because it's just like they, they are a long suffering fan base such as we. <laughs> uh, yes. And they are some of the best fans in college football. Yeah. I, I know some Huskers personally. I, uh, 
you know, Carolina played them in the Capital One Bowl a few years back. Never heard a lot of bad things about Nebraska fans. Uh, now the administration kind of gets fire happy sometimes. Uh, Queasy says Freddie Kitchens could be, could be Freddie Kitchens. Uh, GWO for life says, please don't let it be someone that says pro style. My head will explode over here pro style again. Yeah, but you know, that was a pro style offense we've seen the last two weeks. But it's, uh, but you, you gotta I, keep I, it simple. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that, that's you the whole keep it and, and look, man, Alabama technically runs a pro style offense. I mean, it looks like, uh, but it looks like something from the future, you know, <laughs> uh, and and that's because it's just it's certain aspects of what they do in the pros. You can't run everything, man. Um, now I like, I mean, like, look, man, you do realize Sat did call a fourth and one out of the wishbone pass play, I, I, like that a straight was masterful. I couldn't I, believe it. I was I, like, I, "Wow, that's a great play call." <laughs> yeah, I, I just I gotta give it to him on that. That yeah. takes uh, that takes guts, and uh, and they didn't see it coming. You know, I mean, it's has been talking about that wishbone all year, and you know, he's kind of mentioned here there. Well, the next thing he do is got to throw out of it. It's like, man, boy, Juju, gosh, he almost was in, and then so then the cool. intercept. I, I know they didn't score, but I thought that was a big play in the game. I thought I thought that was a and we were talking about play call. It was a great play call. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, SC South guys, this is Brian Johnson, a serious candidate. I'd be surprised if he didn't want to stay with the Eagles with what they got going right now. Uh, just, just to let you know, uh, Brian Johnson actually interviewed for the head coaching job at South Carolina when Beaver was hired. Mm-hmm. Um, and my understanding is, uh, that was one of the most impressive interviews that, uh, Ray Tanner and Chance Miller had, uh, Beamers is probably the most, but, but Johnson's got, man, I mean, you look at what the Eagles are doing. I just, did they win or lose last night? Oh, they the won. Packers. Yeah, Packers. they won. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 40 to 33. It was a shootout. I mean, my man's made Jalen Hurts into a really good NFL quarterback. Uh, oh, but by the way, if they could get Brian Johnson, heck yeah. Dude. yeah Let's, bring do it. It. <laughs> Let's do it, you know. Take that. Let's do it. <laughs> That's a fun offense to watch. <laughs> yeah. Clint I says think J- Dot makes a great – before you head on, JC, sure. I think Dot makes a really good point here. Deemer knows college football today. Now, yeah. I think for all the hell that he catches, you know, on social and, and allowing Justin King to put him in these interesting videos and stuff like that, he really does have his finger on the pulse of the the recruit, the current player of today. Um, that, and I think that gets lost in some of these conversations. And I, I think it just gets emphasized by what's happened over this entire year and that he's been able to put together an eight and four season. And uh, I put a lot of that on him. Never gave up. Nope. And, and kids responded. I mean, it's one thing if you're like all the time, don't give up, guys. Come on, let's give it the yeah, old try. And they tune you out because that happens sometimes when you've had bad games. But they had. And I, and I think it's also a tribute to guys like Derek Moore on the staff. For sure. could definitely mm-hmm. relate to kids. And Luke Day, the strength coach, and kind of his program. And uh, sort of the attitude of the coaches and the players. I mean, this has been a, a group, Phil, that's been through a whole lot. Transfer yeah. of the pa- pandemic, all the stuff that happened in the summer of 2020. Um you know, their head coach getting fired in the middle of the year, Bobo taking over uh, for a while, who probably wasn't the most popular guy in the locker room, but that's just because he told it like it was. <laughs> um, and uh, Beamer coming in and then having to heal and learn how to win. A lot of times you got to learn how to win. See, Clemson 
learned how to win a long time ago. That's like I said, they're tough to beat because they know how to win. I mean, it does not matter. And Dabo keeps the focus on, hey, we didn't play well. It was a close game, but I'll take the win. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you got to do. Rakeem said Brennan Marion. Yeah, Texas. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's on staff at Texas. Um, you have to think at some point he'd want his own deal. Um, but uh, I think he'd be worth a phone call. Uh, Craig says, bring on Harbor Day, JC. If we get him, does it move it up? Us, move, move us up a spot or two. I don't know because I don't know who everybody else is going to get. I think it's probably going to make the chances you stay in the top 15 more likely, though. Um, RB says there's so many names out there that will be solid hires. I like Browse, but think we'll be fine either way. Having this streak at the end of the season really makes this job that much more desirable. Well, I think it shows that you can have a good offense at South Carolina. and The talent's right. not the problem. But here we are at a turning point right now, early on in Shane Beamer's tenure, where this is his first, you know, coordinator hire outside of his initial starting ones. And it's it's going to be an inflection point for him. You know, who's he going to pick? What's it going to look like? Is it, is it going to be a good hire? You know, it's going to – a lot will be judged on what he does. Sure. Hey, guys, just turned 50 yesterday, so beating Clemson was awesome. About Satterfield, looks like he's going to have the last laugh after all the crap he got from us. I don't think so. I think it's just one of those things that worked out best for everybody. Yeah. You know, um, that, that's kind of the thing. Uh, Zach, I don't want to address this. Why do we want Browse when we really don't have a KJ Super Bowl type of quarterback? I'm going to explain this. That's not uh, – again, he adapts to what he's got. Uh, at FAU, they threw it all over the yard. You know, at Florida State, they actually tried to pass it more than run it, but their old line sucked so bad. At Houston, they threw it and ran. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need a super mobile type of guy to do it. I think you need a guy that isn't the statue in the pocket, just like with everything. Um, but I, I don't 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 be under the impression that Kendall Brown's offense depends on having a 240-pound quarterback that can run over people. Uh, and then there's the Malik Hornsby rumors that Hornsby will be out and go with Browse. I don't know. I, I, that, that was something on a message board. Um, mm. But, hey, bring him on. Compete. Let him compete. I, I, he's got to get a lot better at throwing the ball. Let him compete. Zach says Browse coming here feels like a lateral move for him, though. Yeah, but when you're kind of on the outs, you know. Yeah, so um, the team underperformed, even though it may not have necessarily been his fault. It's still you carry that perception with you. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Trunk says felt Beamer was getting nervous of a game conservative down the stretch and tried to give the game away. Nah, they just didn't execute, um, and they couldn't get anything going running the ball. I mean, you're you're going to have trouble running what they call like four minute offense. That's when you get the ball with like five six minutes, grind out some first downs, win the game when you can't run the football. And they couldn't, but I thought it was smart to go to those little wide receiver screens, uh, especially <laughs> especially the last one to Juice Man and Juice. That was all Juice. He was dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dead in the he backfield. Should have been hitting the backfield, but nope, not Juice. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh man, what a play! <laughs> J. Rock says J.C. and Phil Rattler happens to leave, and D.K. stays for one more year. Do you think they give him a shot at QB one? Just curious, but I hope Rattler stays. I don't know that Rattler's going to stay. Uh, Joyner walked, so he may be out too. I, I think Luke Doty will be the quarterback next year if uh, if Spencer stays. I mean, leaves. Um, you know, now, do I think that 
it's a bad idea. DK at quarterback next year? No. I, I think I think the kid could be like a, have a Blake Sims at Oklahoma type year. Remember Blake Sims? Oh, Start, yeah. Started mm-hmm. like one year. Everybody wanted to move him to running back and receiver and everywhere else, and he did play some of that. And then his last year he was the quarterback. Lane Kiffin was, uh, I think, the OC at that time. Maybe. Yeah, Lane was OC. Uh, and he led them to the playoffs. So Blake Sims, Gainesville, Georgia. All right, we got to get to a break. Oh, well. <laughs> it's, it's gone fast. More Nana Sports chat box and mailbag coming up. And if we get any news or anything, uh, we'll definitely pass it along. Right here, Inside the Game Costa Show, Victory Monday 4.0. Probably the sweetest Victory Monday we've had. We'll be back. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina 
very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. J.C. Sherbert and Phil Mullinax here with you. First hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call for your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. And uh, don't forget, also, we are brought to you in, in whole, in total, by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. We forgot that at the top of the show. Uh, give John Barber a call. Get everything set up for uh, enjoying the bright, sunny weather with Express Sunrooms in Columbia. That's right. Uh, I forgot to forgot to mention Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Okay, uh, there's a lot of talk about Freddie Kitchens, and you know, Freddie, of course, was the analyst, and he's you know in the NFL taking over situations with play calling and all that. Uh, if he's the OC for the bowl. Nobody freak out about it. Um, everybody seems to have an opinion on him. I think he'd run it wide open and just like they did, they've been doing. Uh, and uh, Caden makes a point here. He says, I know his kitchen was, was near and beside Satellite during the game Saturday. Doesn't mean much, but he could have had some input into play calling. Yeah, he did during the Kentucky game, some other games too. But uh, I was told it's kind of a team effort starting with Tennessee on. You know, and that's not to take away from Satterfield. Uh, because I, I'll tell you this, I mean, you know, say what you want about the guy. He's on to a new opportunity. Uh, it's over. <laughs> um, not going to pile on. <laughs> Wish him the best at Nebraska because, like I said, they have great fans. and I'm, I have a lot of respect for that program and for Matt Rule. Uh, another thing is Matt Rule is an offensive guy that also, you know, a, a different style of head coach than Shane Beamer. So, you know, I don't. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of tolerance unless they just. That's their plan, you know. Because in, like I said, in the Big Ten, things are a little different. I mean, Michigan. You saw what Michigan did to Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State was this futuristic offense. Michigan went back to the, the old Harbaugh offense, and they're killing everybody. So yeah, run the, the ball, run the ball. <laughs> the, the, the big The Big Ten's a lot different than the SEC. Um, you know. Uh, all right, Phil. Phil. Phil uh, corrected the echo there. Hunter says not worried about the O line. They started playing well the last two games. Beamer's players look good across the board when they're in the game. And look, I'm gonna tell you this. Uh, um, 
it, it, the O-line, they will lose some guys. Dylan Warnham is gone. I think Douglas is definitely out. Gwen, I don't think, has another year. He may. I, I'm confused because of the COVID year. I don't really have it in front of me. Uh, but you got Tyshawn Wanamaker back. Ja'Kai Moore's back. Jalen Nichols is back. Rashawn Lee is back. Cason uh, Henry is a very promising young player. Plus, you got Isaiah Jada coming in from JUCO and maybe another JUCO, too. Uh, plus, the best on paper O-line class in, in probably program history. So, of some of those guys. Now, some people are asking, will Adkins retire and will there be a new O-line coach? Uh, I, I think that anytime if you're a coach that you've missed that much time uh, and it's your personal health uh, getting in the way, I, I think you got to go resolve that. I, I don't know that Greg Atkins will be fired. Uh, I don't think you fire somebody for that. But um, I also think that uh, uh, it's probably a safe bet that next season there will be an online coach here. I don't know who. Could be a very familiar name. Could be a not-so-familiar name. Could be up to the new OC. Uh, who knows? Who knows uh, what will happen? But uh, I uh, I do think that um, I, I do think if, if you put a gun to my head, I would say new O line coach next year too. Maybe some other changes. Who knows? Uh, I don't I don't think Shane Beamer's satisfied with an eight and four season where they lost to three six and six teams and could have won every game but Georgia. And that would have probably this crazy year put the Gamecocks in the playoff, Phil. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> you were looking at Tennessee, who had a clear path to the playoff until they ran into us. Yeah, I mean, with one loss and that one loss being against Georgia. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd be in the playoff. Yeah, or at least at least trending that way. Now, Southern Cal, TCU wins, Georgia wins, uh, and then you got Michigan, and they'll win. I think they're playing Purdue. <laughs> God. Um, I think at that point, JC, you'd have to look at, you know, what the, the, who, who's the better put, you know, who's the better entry into the playoff, a one loss Ohio State or a one loss SEC East team? Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Ohio State's strength of schedule is so good. I think they're probably in. Uh, Crazy stuff. Alabama could still get in, but like craziness has to happen, like insanity. Like, like, like I, I think they can afford Michigan to beat Purdue. Um, I don't know that they could. I think they have to have Southern Cal and TCU both lose, which could happen. I mean, Kansas State had TCU on the ropes the other uh, when they played at the beginning, and you got, it's hard to beat a team twice. Uh, and I think Southern Cal has Washington. Washington's been playing a lot better down the stretch. They kind of started well, and then and then got up off the mat, beat Oregon, and had a big win over Washington State in the Apple Cup. I don't know that that's likely. I think we're going to see Lincoln Riley in the playoffs, which makes me look like a fool because I, I said I said on JC and Morgan's like, what's the one first year hire that won't work out? Like this year's Brian Harson. I said Lincoln Riley. <laughs> that, uh, that was kind of dumb. Uh, Clint says I think USC has Utah, right? Oh, I stand corrected. That's yeah. right. No, yeah, I, Washington I won. Which I'm sorry. Utah yeah, in. yeah. That was the weird thing about the. Uh, what the Apple Cup this year is because neither of those teams could actually get in, but there were two different entries into the Pac-12 playoff depending on which team won. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I, I'll say I'll say this, uh, yeah, because I the reason I made that mistake, I forgot the Pac-12 did away with divisions this yep, year. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's the top two teams. So I'm, I apologize for that Washington mistake. Uh, obviously, that was a big one. 
but yeah, so, well, Utah beat Southern Cal the first time. Uh, and I'll say this about Utah, don't ever underestimate those guys because they played Oregon for a second time last year and beat the snot out of them. Isn't that right? Yeah, they beat the snot mm-hmm. out of them got the Rose Bowl. So we'll see. James says we may see Doty in the bowl game. Uh, that's be, that'd be an interesting call, James, because he's played four already and they want to prefer, pre- preserve his red shirt. So if they preserve his red shirt, he won't be playing in the bowl. Uh, I think, frankly, let's say Rattler goes to the pros and opts out, which they're going to be opt outs, folks. It's inevitable. Get ready for it. You're not going to be happy. Just let kids make their decision. And if you want to blame somebody, don't blame the kids. Blame the national media for acting like this is a cool, awesome, trendy thing to do. Uh, and, and blame the corporate sponsors of the Bulls for not giving these kids NIL deals to play because that's legal. They could do that. Um, Serious Flex says, what does everyone think about the Bull projection of South Carolina Notre Dame? I love it because anytime you can play Notre Dame, it's I think it's special. And, I like that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anyone that, you know, wants to say they're overrated or they get preferential treatment, I think that's fair. Um, the only thing for me personally, I'm going to have to sleep on the couch or outside. <laughs> and she's, she's sweating it too. I mean, like she's, yeah, talking, I mean, like, <laughs> she's literally like watching the Southern Cal game with her the other night. She's like giving away all my sweatshirts, jumping off the bandwagon, do this, that, do this, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, man, she's jumping off the bandwagon. I was like, what does, what does that mean about the Gator Bowl? She's like, I, I don't want it to do. I don't want, to, I don't want it to happen. Uh, Craig asked about Elijah Davis. I think he's waiting to visit Tennessee. That was the last uh, the last thing there. So, um, Will says, I'd be shocked if they don't match up Notre Dame LSU in a bowl, assuming LSU loses to Georgia. That's a scenario I saw mentioned, and they like to play each other. Because there's a ton of Catholics in Louisiana, um, more so than I think any other southern state. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize. But um, yeah, if there's yeah. one team coming out of this weekend, JC, that I'm pissed off at it's LSU. <laughs> How did you just go out there and lay I mean, an egg? And because I think also that loss affects our bowl destination heavier than any other team that was played. You know, yeah. that one loss may put us in. Tampa again. <laughs> it may, but I'll, I'll say this, Phil. The Citrus Bowl could still take eight and four Carolina over nine and four LSU. Uh, yeah. And L- LSU's been down to Orlando, I think, more recently. Last time the Incos went was 2013. So it's been about 10 years. Uh, they could still do it. And that's a good point that, that they made about the Gator. LSU, Notre Dame, and the Gator could be a thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it most likely did screw up the bowl. <laughs> uh, it could end up in Tampa, but I, I, uh, you just gotta hope that the SEC office makes good choices. Yeah, I, I think there's been times where they've made bowl decisions when it comes to the Gamecocks that make sense. There's been times where they've made bowl decisions for the Gamecocks that are like should cause outrage and angst and consternation. Yes. Uh, we'll just have to see kind of what happens. Uh, I thought putting the Gamecocks in Charlotte last year against North Carolina was fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, a, a few years back, Carolina probably should have been in Charlotte against Virginia Tech, must chance first year. And up, nope, you're going to Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, thank God there's no chance they'll go to Birmingham. And then, um, you know, they sent Arkansas to Charlotte to play Virginia mm-hmm. Tech. That was a hell of a game. Arkansas was up 28 nothing. The Hokies came back on one. But still, I mean, Arkansas fans probably would have rather just 
going to Birmingham. I mean, it's a shorter drive. Um, uh, James says, always lay down on the couch as if it will be your bed when you buy it, JC. Married life. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I'll tell you one person that's happy today is Lance Player. Damn, it feels good to be a Gamecock. And he goes, drop your own nuts. J-Rock says, J.C., do you think Juice is going to stay? I, I'm i going to tell you, I will give you my opinion. I think he's ready to go. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think he's good enough to go and get drafted second round at least, depending on his combine. Uh, will he? I don't know. Does he want to come back and catch a bunch of balls? I mean, you know, a guy like that, you know, you almost don't want him to – I mean, you want him to come back because he, he could have a great year and impact a bunch of games next season. But, you know, the guy – what if he came back and got hurt? I know, that's it was, the one, it was, yeah, it was never the same. Yeah. That, that's for me. I, so I'm not pulling for any kind of outcome on that. I'm just saying if he leaves, he completely understands. It's not his fault they didn't start targeting him until the last two games a lot. And uh, but I, 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 if you ask me, like who's ready? Yeah, I think Juice is ready. I, I think Zach Pickens is ready. Um, I don't think Jordan Birch is ready. Uh, I think Rattler could be ready. You know, quarterbacks are kind of a weird thing. Somebody could pick him up fifth round or so, and you know, develop him because you know, and maybe he is ahead of the game development wise. Maybe all that struggle that he did. Maybe the light came on. I don't think so, but maybe the light came on. Um, Jaheim Bell, I think, watch watch him in the portal a little bit. Things have gotten significantly better with him lately because he's gotten the ball. But, you know, watch out for him. And if he does get in the portal, watch out for the Gators, uh, in my opinion. Um, Satterfield is leaving, by the way, folks, just to repeat that. So mm. going to Nebraska. So Trevor says Bell's not going anywhere. I hope not. Um, Quantrell says, I want Florida State versus South Carolina, two programs surging and maybe a potential playoff preview matchup next year. Yeah. So, so Florida State, I don't think they're getting into the New Year's six, like the Orange Bowl. Maybe, I guess they would. Uh, the Gator would be great for them. Well, Florida State and Notre Dame would be a great matchup. I, yeah. Did they play this year? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It is kind of an AC. Well, no, you can't do that because the SEC will have to have somebody in that bowl. So Florida State, I, and I did read in the Jacksonville paper, Florida State, South Carolina is a matchup they want. Notre Dame, South Carolina, Notre Dame, Florida, that kind of thing. Nick says Juice is a Heisman candidate next year. Um, At least Belitnikoff. Yeah, I mean, you know, depending on your quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Lugoff says no longer going to Tampa versus Illinois on New Year's Day. Now it's a possibility. Um, a lot just depends on what happens this weekend, Nick, with, with the bowl game. And, I, and I'm going to say this. Look, I am with you guys uh, about not wanting to go back to Tampa as many times as Carolina's been there. Uh, but, look, they've only been there three times in the last 15 years. So, I mean, it's not like, like they're going for their fourth trip in five. Um I know Illinois is probably a lesser, uh, a lesser opponent, uh, you know, than you'd want to play, especially compared to like a Notre Dame or FSU or Penn State. Uh, but I don't think it's all that bad. I mean, it, it's weird that their name is now the Relia Quest Bowl because we've been calling it the Outback Bowl for years, but it's it's the same prestige as the right. Gator. Uh, in fact, it used to be that the Outback picked ahead of the Gator. Uh, Outback used to get the third pick, so. Uh, Ebor City is a blast. 
he says. Uh, a friend of mine, he played in the NFL. We used to talk about Tampa, Florida, whatever. He'd be like, don't go to Mons Venus. Don't go to Mons Venus. That's the that's the gentleman's club <laughs> in Tampa. Don't go to Mons Venus. Don't. So that's that's my thing. Jan says Ebor City's a blast, actually. I'll tell a story. First Outback Bowl Carolina was ever in. It was a big year. Couldn't get a ticket to the game. I mean, you know, tickets were crazy. Um, and uh, so we're sitting there at Ebor City, and we, we see a bunch of Ohio State fans around, and they got some fans down there. They travel well. A lot of Gamecocks, though. And all of a sudden, we're like, where are all the Gamecocks? And so we go to a bar and we go to another. And all of a sudden, we hear off in the distance, Gamecocks. And we see a sign that says $2 draft this way. <laughs> and we round the corner. Our people. <laughs> there, 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 must, there must have been 5,000 Gamecock fans at this outdoor place. Uh, drinking two dollar draft. I mean, I was like, I was like, the sign that says two dollar draft will lead you home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way, thanks to the generous Gamecock fans, because a buddy of mine booked us like um, eight miles away from the action. Right. Uh, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. You know, I appreciate him booking it that year, but there's a reason. Like, whenever we go somewhere now, I make the plans. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and he uh, he booked. So thanks to the Gamecock fans that I don't remember who they were because it was 22 years ago and I never caught names that actually picked us up and kept us from walking through one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in America, uh, all the way back to our hotel. <laughs> that could have, that could have ended, ended poorly. Yeah. That could have ended poorly. <laughs> could end on, oh, uh, I am the late stone. Any word on the SC state receiver coming to Carolina? He is not in the portal. There was some mistake. His last name's Davis. SC State had a linebacker named Davis that went in the portal. So he is not in the portal. I think he's more likely to go pro. Um, Clint Mitch's Grant DuBose from Charlotte. Now he is in the portal and he is someone the Gamecocks are definitely interested in. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, Will says, I know this will have to play out, but I couldn't help but think about similarities in Spurrier's digression and what could be Dabo's. Hiring lesser coordinators, resting on laurels, et cetera. I don't know it will because they're still recruiting in the top five. Spurrier's big thing was he not only hired some assistants that couldn't recruit nor coach, uh, they kind of walked around and acted like, oh, all we got to do is sign the top guys in state and it'll work out. And you can't always do that. you know. Uh, I think the difference would be Beamer and even Dabo because he's younger. you know. And, and I think almost if I looked at it from a Clemson perspective, uh, I would almost be kind of thankful for this um, because you kind of – when you have a year where you lose to your rival and, you know, you're not as indestructible as you once were, sometimes that facilitates change or a refocus. Uh, and I think in this game, you know, everybody's constantly evolving. Teams go up, teams go down. Uh, certainly Clemson did not have a Texas A&M-type disaster this past year or an Auburn-type disaster this year. Uh, I, I think they're an awfully solid football team. I think Carolina beat a really good football team Saturday. I'll be honest, but um, you know, sometimes it facilitates change, but I, I don't, I just don't know that Dabo's resting on his laurels. I do think he kind of scratches his head or shakes his head or whatever you want to call it. at like the new NIL and portal and all that happening. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there after, you know, cause this is the first time we've defeated them after their peak, you know, yes. ascension. 
Uh, and then, like you just said, JC, it's a completely different football landscape than it was even, say, five years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, Cam says, heard a rumor that Nicholas Harper's girlfriend is going to attend USC. Yes, that's true. Track scholarship. Uh, don't know if that'll work for or against the Gamecocks long term. Yeah, yeah, I would hate to rest a decision on a high school relationship. Those are, you know, sometimes you'll meet somebody, he married his high school sweetheart, and they're happy and have a good time. Most of the time, they don't. Most of the time, that girl's gone by the time you get to football. Or the guy's gone, you know. Hmm. Let's just be fair. Uh, Jan says, any word on limbo to Towson for the head job? Uh, I've heard it's possible, just to hmm. be honest. Uh, that would be a tough blow, but uh, I don't – I have heard he would like to be a head coach again, uh, especially at the low, you know, the lower levels where he's had success. Towson is a decent job. Gamecocks actually play them. Oh, great. Here in a few years, great. No. <laughs> Limbo ball is coming to town, right? But, uh, you know, that that's kind of the thing. Uh, Doc says dudes will be dudes. Quantrell, it's kind of crazy when you don't have two generational quarterbacks, how average your offense looks, especially going against the battle-tested SEC team. Well, dude, I, you look at them, too, their receivers aren't as good. I mean, South Carolina's secondary shut them down. Yeah, it it really was. I mean, it's just glaringly obvious that they don't have the talent at in the in the quarterback or in the wide receiver room this year that they have. Yeah, um, you know, and and we took advantage of it. That was the other part of the the scenario is you got to have to you're going to have to take advantage of it. And I think Clayton White did an excellent job of doing just that. Uh right, no doubt. And I'll say this: I, I think Antonio Williams and and Adam Randall both in state wide receivers. They're going to be good players for them. I mean, they're going to be good players for them. And, and a lot of it's on DJ, too. You know, DJ, to me, has not been what they thought. I thought he got better this year than last year. But it's still – I mean, look, he was 8 for 29 and, again, had exactly, Phil, 99 yards passing. 99. 99 <laughs> yards. Uh, Walter said a lot of Clemson guys that were five stars coming out just didn't pan out. That happens, man. Yeah, I always say that. Uh, Cam says, what will Freddie Kitchens' role be moving forward? I know he's considered an analyst. The answer is I don't know yet. Uh, I can see him being the OC for the bowl game. I can see him staying on as an analyst. I could see him going back to the NFL, you know. Uh, you know, so I, I, I think uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, uh, Quantrell says Marcellus Dial had a strong game, and he'll take over as cornerback one next year, and I'm excited. His, his year this year was a lot like, I think, Cam, I, I compared to Cam Smith, kind of maybe in 2020 to a certain extent, like those last three games where he got better and better and better. People targeted him a lot. Uh, Cam, uh, Mar uh, Marcellus Dow got more. See, I think what people saw on film are like, well, 28-9 are great cover corners, right? Mm -hmm. Let, let's go after 24, you know? And, you, yeah. and so he has like – so many more targets than everybody else. And so just kind of by process of elimination, he's going to give up more plays than, than Cam or Darius. But Cam gave up a big slant play now to, to Bo Collins. He just got beat. Just got beat. And um, that happens when you put him out there like that. I mean, that even at all levels of football, if you're going to, you know, go man, you, you just hope you win more than you lose. Yeah, I know. So that's the deal. Uh, Hunter asked if Limbo – leaves. Shane takes over special teams. I've heard Shane say he'd only have limbo coach at a special teams other than himself. Uh, I think, 
I think. Uh, I think yeah. that, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably what the plan will be. If you notice, the Gamecocks need a linebackers coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they – look, Clayton White coaches the linebackers, right? That, that's probably – he'd probably rather be in the secondary, okay? Um, and so I think if you lose limbo and the head coach takes over special teams, um, then, uh, yeah, you have an extra spot, obviously. So, anyway, Jan asked, any talk with Longo or Garrett Riley? Not to my knowledge. Uh, Longo probably be on the hot – I think they'd both be on the hot list. I don't know how likely either one of those two guys are. I'd probably say Longo more so than Riley. Uh, but with Riley, you just got to make him an offer, see, if, you know, get him a raise. Heck, heck, who knows? Uh, and that could be another thing. Garrett Riley, you know, people are talking about Kendall Browse maybe uh, taking another job. Garrett Riley could have a head coaching job, you know. Uh, here in the next couple of years. All right, we got to go to a break because Keith is going to join us next right here on the Inside the Gamecocks, the show, our Monday reaction with Keith Allsep. It's always epic. Appreciate you guys tuning in on Victory Monday 4.0. We'll be back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man. Hey man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes. He takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah. Same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy, Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, 
the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. It's brought to you in the second hour by the Burgesson team at REMAX at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at a Burgesson. that's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at REMAX.net for all your commercial or investment real estate needs. We are joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other again, the Cockfather, Keith Alsep, host of the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. Keith, good morning. How are we doing today? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, what a great 15, 16 days to be a Gamecock. Shane Beamer has pulled off the ultimate trifecta. Boat Racing Tennessee, 6338. Uh, sending Dabo Sweeney and Clemson's college football playoff hopes to the graveyard. And Marcus Siderfield leaves today, just like I told you a couple weeks ago uh, that was going to happen and would happen by Monday morning. And so, you know, now it looks like Pete Limbo could be headed to Towson uh, or Towson, uh, formerly Towson State, I guess. And so I think it's, you know, certainly – Man, I'm happy for Pete Limbo if he wants to go be a head coach. That guy, the smile on his face, and you know, JC and Phil, you guys know this. Basically, South Carolina, they cold quitted Clemson. That's what <laughs> Kai Kroger did. Okay, yep. he cold quitted those dudes. Okay, he he punted seven times, five times. Clemson started inside the 10-yard line, 59 yards to the Clemson 7, 45 yards to the Clemson 10, 42 yards to the Clemson 3, 61 yards to the Clemson 2, and 63 yards to the Clemson 3. They had terrible field position, just like Carolina did under Lou Holtz up there in one of those games where they were always starting inside the 10-yard line. And when you have a quarterback that goes eight for 29 and basically 
outside of one lucky throw, couldn't hit the broad side of a barn and was really lucky he didn't have at least two balls picked off for pick sixes. All Clayton White really had to do in the second half was focus on shutting down the run, and they did. Clemson, 86 yards of total offense in the second half and only 15 yards in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, on the other end, there wasn't a whole lot of offense uh, in the fourth quarter period. Um, you know, a big penalty on Juice Wells took a touchdown opportunity away from the Gamecocks. But, you know, it's kind of like in 2006, a bunch of wacky things happened, a bunch of points got scored. And then in the fourth quarter, it was only a field goal by the Gamecocks. And that was the difference at Frank Howard Memorial Stadium, 31 to 30. And uh, it feels pretty damn good to be a Gamecock right now. Broke seventh seven game losing streak to the Tigers. That was the longest in the history of the series. Uh, they didn't get to eight, uh, probably because they canceled the game in twenty twenty. But you take it right. So nobody, it's going to be a long time before uh, somebody can say they they've tried to win eight in a row in this series again. Uh, who knows what will happen by that point? I think people, Keith, were a little worried. For a long time, this is going to turn into like a Virginia, Virginia Tech situation where Clemson runs off 13, 14 in a row. That didn't happen. I, I think also big picture wise, Keith, beating Clemson now gives gives you a little bit more cred uh, nationally uh, than maybe when Carolina would beat Clemson and they just beat like a really good ACC team. Clemson's a national contender. They've won two national titles, played for five in the playoff era, um, you know, they're, they're one of the best programs in the country. So I, I think knocking them off uh, on top of what happened against the Vols um, speaks a lot to this program from a national perspective. I mean, what else can I say other than no doubt about it, JC? Um, you know, South Carolina, as Shane Beamer said, they essentially have wrecked the college football playoff because Clemson, had they beaten South Carolina, I have to think they would be sitting there right on the perch or the edge of being in the top four and Tennessee as well. I mean, we saw Ohio State's probably out. I mean, they got absolutely boat raced in the horseshoe and Blake Corum Michigan's running back, I think, only played like three or four plays. So, you know, if that game would have been close, I think Ohio State would still have a case for the top four. But two years in a row now, Jim Harbaugh has played Bo Beckler football and <laughs> erased you from the college football playoff. And, you know, Southern Cal's probably the biggest winner right now. You know, but hey, what happens if Utah, who's already beaten Southern Cal straight up, and Utah, as I said, along with Oregon, one of two teams that actually gives a damn about defense in the Pac-12, what if they pull the shocker Saturday? What if Kansas State, who had a 28-10 to lead on TCU, beats them? then Clemson or Tennessee could have been right there 
and slid in to the top four. But Shane Beamer said, not on my watch. And sent them both packing. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about Carolina's defense. I mean, about everything that could go wrong for South Carolina's offense did go wrong in the first half. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler, after Darius Rush drops a pick six, Clemson punts, and then Spencer Rattler throws a pick six. And then you get the safety call, which I do agree was a good call. Uh, we at the Texas High School Officials uh, Conference in August, Steve Shaw talked about that and how that they really, once a quarterback gets in jeopardy and gets hit and is about to go down, when they throw it, that receiver's got to be close. Okay, Jaheim Bell or whoever it was was like almost 20 yards up the sideline. That was a good call. Uh, but, you know, the backwards pass that South Carolina recovered and then they upheld the call of incomplete pass, that was uh, totally egregious. And so that is why Matt Leffler is this week's uh, dick of the week on the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. He is the referee from the crew that waved it off and called it incomplete. Instead of letting it play out, that was clearly a backwards pass. The game was 14-7 to at that point. The Gamecocks scoop and score. It's 14-all. Then you have the, the Juju McDowell play which was a brilliant play call by Marcus Satterfield on fourth down. Oh, hurt me, Juju, getting the end zone. But I thought, really, this is the crux with Marcus Satterfield. Thanks for the belt bowl or the Mayo Bowl. Thanks for the last two weeks. But you don't get to the one-yard line and have DeKerian Joyner in on first down and then say, all right, let's just abandon the run and start throwing it. I would have left him in. I would have ran it four times. Hell, I would have got back in the T formation. Okay, you're going to get at least one or two yards on that. And – Spencer Rattler made probably his worst throw of the year. I mean, that was an abysmal throw, but I thought it was an even worse decision by Satterfield, who is now no longer South Carolina's problem. He's going to Lincoln, Nebraska, where him and his wife will probably be freezing their ass off this time next year. So um, It's not, not exactly tropical in Lincoln. No. Not this time of the year. Um, so – yeah, somebody said something about Jody Wright wanting out. I, you know, rumblings on that. I don't, I don't know that yet. Nick says best case scenario, Tulane in the Citrus Bowl. That can't happen. It's got to be either a Big Ten or AECC. I think the Big Ten actually is is all it is this year. So it, it's one of those that kind of floats back <clears> and forth because uh, sometimes you'll you'll get a Notre Dame that sneaks in there or something, but uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, I think if it's the Citrus Bowl, we Penn State. I think the Big Ten is pretty easy to dissect. I mean, Ohio State's not going to fall out of the New Year's Six. I mean, they may fall out of the playoff. But, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be Penn State, Citrus, 
probably Illinois, maybe Purdue in the Outback, or ReliQuest, I'm sorry, uh, and probably Notre Dame in the Gator or Florida State. So Gator Bowl looks like the best traditional matchup, I think, in terms of schools with tradition followed by the Citrus. And then, you know, my boy Brett playing them. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be interesting uh, down in Tampa. They got a really good defense. I think that's the most likely – option quite frankly for South Carolina because Brett McMurphy that's what he has and Brett McMurphy is the dude okay he is the big Lebowski when it comes to bowl projections and so I just go with what he says I mean yeah that's I it think too, South so. Carolina wants to go to Jacksonville I would love to play Notre Dame uh, as opposed to Illinois or Purdue. I mean, that's not a very exciting, you know, name program. Obviously, Penn State, but they could be without James Franklin if you believe, you know, the noise about him potentially uh, going to Auburn. And so would John Scott be the interim Head coach. So, so, so let me ask you this: If Franklin got see, all right. So Matt Rule, his dream job is Penn State. That's where he played ball. That would be the guy. If Franklin left, not anymore. Shoot, I wonder if the ink's dry on his contract. <laughs> uh, Bobby Crimmins, everybody. So uh, sad is why maybe heading to State College, right? Um, where he would also be freezing his ass off this time next year. Yeah. <laughs> but but at, least, at least there's some scenery up there, man. When during the summer months, I mean, it's not just humidity and corn in the College World Series. But uh, yeah, look, happy for Nebraska people. I, th- I think we all agreed here that Nebraska uh, has great fans, some of the best in college football. And <clears> hiring <throat> a guy like Matt Rule, you know, that that's one thing. All right, Keith, I'm going to ask you this. Jan says. Have you removed Pat McAfee from your Christmas card list yet? <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm glad this is brought up because yeah. I want to address this. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. All right, so number one, I did not have my first of three beers until well after the end of the game. And uh, well after I sent that tweet. I – I'm not a Pat McAfee fan. I think he wants to be the Howard Stern of sports. He's not Jim Rome. And the dude wears a tank top, okay? What kind of a grown-ass man wears a tank top every day on a TV show? So that's number one. Number two, I just don't think he really adds anything other than, oh, oh, oh. And to go after Spencer Rattler like that when he really doesn't know what that dude has been through and everything he's been through since he's been at South Carolina with uh, essentially being paralyzed by an NFL playbook uh, and going into games with 115 different plays on the play sheet and Satterfield installing plays at the Friday walkthrough and then not understanding why everybody can't remember. And for him to make Spencer Rattler a punchline, I mean, look, if profanity is not your thing, okay, but I let it rip and I have no regrets. 
And so I thought it was funny, even still. I mean, you know, man. I picked up a bunch <laughs> of Twitter followers and uh, right. got 12 new patrons over the weekend. <laughs> That's what uh, matters. Because there's probably a lot of other folks that don't like Pat McAfee taking shots at Spencer Rattler, who could have gone anywhere and chose to come to the University of South Carolina. That's my dude. I got his back. I'm riding with him. Pat McAfee is nothing. He is a nobody when it will come to the history of sports. Okay. He is nothing. So uh, he will not be getting a Christmas card from me, and I doubt I'll be getting one from him. But I hope he brings me up on his show today. I'll probably get more Twitter followers and more patrons. So, you know, it's a shit show, Pat McAfee. Maybe he can rename his show. Not a big fan of McAfee being on college game day at all. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't hear what he said about Rattler. I missed game day. I think I I turned it or I was, I was at the grocery store or something. I don't but I don't watch game day that much. I, I really don't. I'll have it on, but I don't uh I don't watch it. was it, during so. the picks segment, which is about oh, okay. the only time I pay attention to it because it's mostly a bunch of them yucking it up, and then there's one feel-good story, and then they have the hot chick segment, and then they bring, uh, you know, the dude from Georgia, David Pollock, out. And then they have the game day segment, and, man, I just feel really bad for Lee Corso. And I just don't think it's fair to him for them to continue to roll him out there when he's really not doing well. Yeah, it's, we, we kind of have – at our house, we kind of have the, the Corso watch every week. And Nat gets – Nat does watch game day more than me, believe it or not. I'm just – I've just never gotten into it, never really uh, – I don't really care about the special interest stories. I'm usually, like, geeked up out of my mind waiting for kickoff of all the games. And, uh, you know, for my taste, I, th- I think the Fox pregame show actually feeds me more information because – Say what you want about Urban Meyer. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like hearing him. I think it, maybe I'm a little sadistic or something, just kind of laughing at him because he's not coaching anymore. But, uh, you know, I'd kind of almost rather listen to that. And then Bruce Feldman's a guy that's got a lot of good scoop. Now, I will say this about game day. They had some uh, – Pete Pete Thamel did have a, what probably will be end up being an inaccurate report uh, talking about uh, Lane Kevin staying at uh, – that's, that's accurate, Lane staying at Ole Miss – uh, but Hugh Freeze, apparently, they've hit a snag in Auburn with that. And so those of you that wanted to kill Ray Tanner for not hiring Hugh Freeze, uh, there's probably a reason why that never materialized. Because I know they talked to Hugh and said, <clears throat> Weaver, uh, and the word I got about that was they just couldn't, they weren't going to be able to work anything out. So I, I think there's something behind the scenes. You know, sometimes, you know, you see what's public uh, when it comes to violations and things like that. But, but what do we not know? About his tenure at Ole Miss, a lot of lot of talk out there, a lot of talk out there. So it doesn't look like doesn't look like Freeze. We going to Auburn uh, now, uh, so that's the deal there. But look, I, I don't I don't want to sit here and say Fox is much better, Game Day is much better. You guys watch whatever you want. I just agree with Keith that uh, I don't like McAfee. I didn't hear it, but uh, I did think uh, the, the, that tweet was kind of the talk of a lot of. Uh, corners of the message board. So <laughs> I figured I'd give you a chance to address it. So moving forward, Keith, uh, who do you want offensive coordinator wise? I, I think there's a, uh, I think there's a lot of different good options that would be out there. 
I'm going to be like Alabama was in 2006. I'm going to make Kendall Bryles tell me no about half a dozen times. I don't think Garrett Riley is a realistic choice. I know, you know, one of the websites uh, mentioned Garrett Riley. I just don't see that because TCU is going to be in the college football playoff. And what if Auburn hires Sonny Dykes? Then I think Riley slides right in at TCU or Riley goes to uh, Tulsa, which opened up. There's a lot of mid-major jobs. And quite frankly, I'm just going to say this right here because I've known this dude. I sat next to him on a plane. Uh, when he was an assistant at Texas and couldn't believe that Texas assistants had to fly commercial uh, to go recruiting. And we got in a conversation about that. Uh, Jeff Trailer at UT San Antonio. I'm telling you right now, this guy is a future star in coaching and uh, Auburn that, that might not win uh, Twitter, but they could do a lot worse than Jeff Trailer uh, at UT San Antonio. He's dynamic. He was a, an extremely successful high school coach here in Texas, and uh, he's shown that he can be successful running a college program. I think it's just a matter of time, and so I think that would be good for Auburn. Uh if it got past Kendall Bryles, I like a lot of the guys that were mentioned uh, today by Brad Crawford, particularly Zach Kitley. Now, he is a Texas Tech graduate, okay? But here's the deal. When Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big 12, I don't care, you know, Fickle's out at Cincinnati, all those little teams that are going in that league, it's not – going to have the same kind of seat at the table. It's just not. And so to have the opportunity to be at an up-and-coming SEC program with a loaded quarterback room, by the way, and a head coach that's going to let you run the show because he really doesn't know that much about offense. He's a CEO coach. I think, first of all, I want to say, look, I've given Marcus Satterfield a lot of grief, but I do want to say thank you for the Dukes-Mayo Bowl and for the Tennessee and the Clemson games, okay? Those were three outstanding uh, performances by the South Carolina offense. I won't get into all the clunkers, uh, but I think him being with Matt Rule and another guy that has also called plays for Matt Rule, which looks like that's going to be the case, I think that's a much better situation for Marcus Satterfield because, you know, I just think it's, it's a different when you're an, a, a head coach that's been a head coach and you've been a coordinator and you've run, you know, offense, defense, special teams, et cetera, and can really rein that guy in. And so that's no criticism of Shane Beamer. I love everything he's doing. And, again, he's had a great end to the season. Uh, but I, I think now Shane Beamer's got a great opportunity, and I think this is a very attractive opportunity and, and opening, uh, as would be 
You know, look, JC, you and I both heard the rumblings about Jody Wright. I think you go get a special teams slash linebackers coach or special teams slash tight ends coach. All right, and bring them in. Um, that way you actually have a linebackers coach and maybe you can keep two defensive uh, line coaches. Or if it's a tight end slash special teams coach, then you can still have five defensive coaches. So I think Shane Beamer, and look, we'll all miss Pete Limbo. His press conferences are epic. But man, that smile, those smile every time Kyle Kroger killed one inside the five. They showed him. And uh, it just put a big smile on my face every day. And I just said, oh gosh, Pete Limbo is a national treasure. He is. He's amazing. He's yeah. amazing. Uh, so Ryan has this question. And here's my answer JC, I know you're a big Kendall Browse guy. And look, not just Kendall. I like the Bryles scheme in general. I like it in Tennessee. I don't care if they lost to Carolina. Uh, I like it at Ole Miss, and they run elements of it, and I like it at Arkansas. If you notice, all three of those schools do things differently with their approach. But the reason I like that scheme so much, Ryan, is it's adaptable to your personnel. Now, let me tell you what Arkansas has had to deal with. K.J. Jefferson's been hurt. Their defense is regressed through the year. Uh, it was much worse at the end than it was at the start. Um, uh, I know they held LSU to whatever, the bitterly cold weather and all that, and not like Missouri went up and down the field. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that when you have a situation at quarterback like they did where you have two guys that are basically your backups, you have one that's an outstanding runner that can't throw, or you have a guy that, uh, you know, is very limited in Cade Fortin. They kind of got him as a an emergency guy it kind of does throw you off. Now you say, well, JC, you said it's an adaptable scheme. It is, but when you do all off when you structure something around one type, one thing all off season, and it's still hard to kind of change gears when you're missing your big gun. Uh, I didn't see anything wrong with their play calling. I didn't see anything wrong with the decisions they made. Uh, I just thought, you know, they were very limited at quarterback. And I think that, uh, that's probably I, – I, I, I don't agree. I understand Arkansas fans are frustrated. I don't necessarily agree with them on it. Uh, and I think that the pit boss will probably – because, again, I said this earlier, if you think about what the pit boss has worked with through the years, very rarely has he worked with a guy like Kendall Browse. It's been your Jim Chaney's of the world, your Dan Enos's of the world, uh, you know, guys <clears throat> like that. Uh, guys like that, Todd Mockett, I guess at one point, um, or James Cott, I don't know who, who was there at Georgia when he finally left. I know back in the Butch Jones day, or Butch uh, Davis days in North Carolina when he was there, it was uh, Shoop, a guy named Shoop, yes, <laughs> that, that ran the offense, so pro-style kind of guys. So that just may be what he's comfortable with. And when you lose, like Arkansas lost to Missouri and probably shouldn't have, right? Let's just be honest. Uh, fans are going to want to scout. And uh, I, I think the Marcus Satterfield situation here was much more justified given that there were tangible things that you go, well, this is and, and then those tangible things that got corrected the last two weeks, you go up and down the field. I mean, uh, it was all operational and things like that. So I, I, I don't, you know, I don't care that Arkansas fans don't like Kendall all, all of a sudden. I, I think uh, you look at his track record, he's improved the offense everywhere he's been. 
And, and the bottom line is, in South Carolina, some years you're going to have uh, <clears throat> certain, certain things that are strengths, right? Some years you're going to have other things that are strengths. Sometimes injuries are going to take one thing that's a strength and make it a weakness, and you got to play to your other strengths. So I think having a versatile college system uh, that was uh, developed at the high school level in Texas, in high school, man, you know, you, you're largely, and I know some high schools recruit in public. Don't don't get me wrong. I know that goes on, but most of the time, man, you're limited to your attendance zone and who you got coming up. And if you got a bunch of great offensive linemen and, and a bunch of slow guys at skill, you got to adapt. If you don't have a good offensive line, you got to adapt. People ask me all the time about Bobby Bentley and why I like his offense. It's because in big bold letters in his manifesto about his offense, it's like you do not have to be great on the offensive line to run this offense. <laughs> you know, uh, so and, and Browse has kind of got that creativity with his background and things like that. So. Uh, don't think, and I, and I think this is going to be a problem because people are going to start falling in love with these 6'4", 240 quarterbacks thinking, you know, because of, of recency bias. That's not what Kendall's always done. Go look back at FAU. Go look at what Jeff Levy does. Go look at what his dad does. Go look at what they do in Tennessee. You know, that's all on the table when you have a Kendall Browse offense. And I, and I think that's the, you know, being versatile, like that's very good for South Carolina. I mean, I agree. I mean, look. Philip Montgomery, he just got let go at Tulsa. That is a browse offensive system guy. He was there when I think they, you know, set the record for passing yards in a bowl game. And then the next year they set the record for rushing yards because all their quarterbacks got hurt. And they had to put a wide receiver who had been a high school quarterback in at quarterback. And he was just basically a split T. Uh, which is basically out here in Texas, it's either split T or spread. Split T is wing wing T out of the shotgun. And that's what they did. And I love Kendall Browse. And I, I think, you know, what he's done out there has kind of gotten lost because of the fact that, you know, KJ Jefferson was injured for so long. And I think, you know, they butted heads, the pit boss and Bryles, because Bryles wanted Cade Fortin at quarterback because he could throw it. And pit boss wanted uh, Malik Hornsby because he wanted to, to just run it because he's an O-line guy, right? And um, I just think that Ray, Chan Ray Tanner and Chance Miller are willing to write a really, 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 really big check. Was that as many reallys as how good Shane Beamer described Spencer Rattler? Really, uh, really. Yeah, I think there was about six of them. But, uh, uh, you know, Kitley would be appealing to me, Brendan Marion, Graham Harrell. Uh, Kevin Johns, Brian Johnson. You know, I've seen this thrown out there, JC. Justin Fuente. Uh, you know, I don't think he's a great recruiter. There's a connection there. He is a really good offensive coach. Um, and his offenses were great at Memphis. He had a guy drafted in the first round who didn't pan out at Denver. Um, 
you know, to me, Kendall Bryles has probably got to tell me no about six times and, you know, price me out of what Ray Tanner and Chance Miller and the board are willing to pay. But I do think this is a very attractive opening. South Carolina's got a lot of momentum right now, and I'm just going to leave this little tidbit right here. After the Tennessee game, there was one guy that stayed back in the locker room after everybody left to have a long meeting with Shane Beamer, and that is Lenore Sellers, who in my mind would be the perfect Kendall Bryles quarterback because he's not going to be as big as K.J. Jefferson. He's probably going to be a lot more like Hendon Hooker. But that dude can run, and, man, he can really spin it. And now I look for South Carolina to and Lenora Sellers to be on flip watch, particularly if Shane Beamer, who I think has been working on this, at least informally, for a couple weeks. JC knows this. I have a very good source who just happens to have people inside the building and then know somebody close to Marcus Satterfield. And uh, this decision was made uh, the night South Carolina arrived back from Gainesville. Marcus Satterfield was not going to be retained. And I think Shane Beamer has been doing his preliminary work. And with the portal opening up, one week from today, I think uh, I would look over the next 72 hours, if possible, for Shane Beamer to make a move because when the transfer portal opens, next Monday is going to be a wild and wacky day uh, in the world of recruiting. Absolutely. The transfer portal does open up next Wednesday. There's going to be news breaking left and right. Keith, we appreciate your segment, man. It's always epic when you come on. Thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you next week, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, it's a great time to be a Gamecock. A great time to become a VIP patron on the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast every Tuesday night. Our Garnet and Black Town Hall is something completely unique uh, that we do. It's a an hour-long Zoom call. Then we go to what we call overtime, uh, where we stop recording, and that's when the, the scoop really starts flying, and there's been a lot of great information, and we've been having close to 100 people in the room live, and then we record uh, the first part, and that goes up on Tuesday night. You sign up today, you basically, or, or sign up the first of the month, you'll basically get three months free on an annual VIP subscription. Uh, it's easy to find the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. Thanks, JC. Thanks, Phil. Have a great week. You too, Keith. Thank you. Always epic when Keith comes in. Mm -hmm. uh, win or lose, right? Win or lose. You okay, Phil? I'm, uh, I tried to inhale a sip of water, and, and you know, that never really works out well. <laughs> there, there, there's too much awesomeness today to, to not get choked up. So, all right. I'm a bit chuffed. <laughs> we're, uh, we're running uh, over, so we're going to take a break, wrap it up when we get back, maybe a little mailbag. 
uh, right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show uh, sponsored by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, new title sponsor. And we've got a new segment uh, coming on top of that. For those that remember J.B. Kingman Cock and his bigger news to come on the Big Spur, some of you may, some of you won't. We'll have bigger news to come. Uh, and uh, as fun as it is to visit with Keith and Chris and all our other voices we have on the show, uh, I think John brings something totally unique to the table. So we'll have him on with bigger news to come uh, right here uh, as we headed to what should be an adventurous offseason at South Carolina. We'll be back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 
Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, This is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers in the soul. Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is sponsored by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give them a call for uh, get that sunroom ready to go for the summertime. And, of course, the second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot Adam an email at a Burgesson. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-N. And we appreciate all of you who have hopped on the live today. Do us a favor. If you have not subscribed to the Big Spur Pod uh what am I trying to say? YouTube page. YouTube page. That's yeah. right. We're on YouTube. Yeah. Hit subscribe. Button, give us a thumbs up and like the video. That helps us out a lot, y'all. Uh, do us a favor. We're all in this together. So keep the support up by with the little clicks. We appreciate it. Yeah. The clicks and then our advertisers. Like if you need to buy a house and you're in the upstate, call Cindy. Uh, if you got a sunroom and you're in Columbia, a sunroom need, go go see John. Uh, I know Nana's porch has won all kinds of awards and it's killing it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll be uh, having some more uh, advertisers jump on really soon. Uh, I do want to read something out of the IM consulting mailbag. Phil says, this is another Phil, not, not <laughs> Phil, the co-host here. He says, JC, Keith, Chris, I guess Chris Phillips just want to say congratulations. As a diehard Gamecock fan, I appreciate the work y'all put in y'all's podcast media platforms and website services, y'all deserve it. You get to deal with us crazy fans week in and week out. Listen to the good and the bad. I know what winning like this makes y'all's job easier, but thank y'all for what you could do during the bad times. The last two weeks of program changers. Hell of a way to re- end the regular season. Go Gamecocks. Phil, I agree. And look, it is easier, but <laughs> changes that, that makes it challenging. You know, I've got, I've got some work ahead of me today <laughs> so, yeah, to say, yeah um, i can see your you face deep in the screen over there yeah, like, away <laughs> now we got to stay on top of everything <laughs> there's, there's no rest for for anyone here joseph also i have consulting mailbag says happy 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 go cox or spencer and sat gone if you had to take both back or let both go which would you choose well i guess this email came in saturday evening um Satterfield's gone. Uh, I think it'd be great if Spencer Rattler came back. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know that he will. Um, I think in his mind and in the mind of a lot of folks, it's always kind of been a one-and-done deal. Um, I think the hope was that there would be more games like the last two. Uh, it didn't happen. But the way he's played the last two games and then, you know, his background at Oklahoma and stuff like that, uh, you know, I think he'll get a pretty decent mid-round draft grade. Uh, and he's an older guy, you know. I mean, he he was in the same class Ryan Holinsky was in. 
like 2019. So, um, you know, people mentioned, well, make him an NIL deal and get him to stay. Uh, that, that's fine. Um, but he's already making pretty good penny off that. So, uh, and it's all a lot because of what he's done, the ingenuity he's done. And I, I told somebody this the other day, it's like Spencer Rattler is not the only one making that decision. It's more like Spencer Rattler Inc. He's got a lot of folks that help him out and give him advice and stuff like that, which that's typical for a five-star quarterback these days. Um, nothing wrong. I'm not saying he's got anybody that'll give him bad advice. I think his inner circle is stronger than most. Uh, but it's a dream to play in the NFL. He's kind of lit it on fire the last two weeks. Uh, if, you, if you think you're going to be, you know, uh, your stock's not getting any higher, then, then I think you go. Um, I think the interesting question is if he opts out for the bowl, which could happen, and nothing against Spencer if it does, because, like I said, blame the national media for acting like that's something that's just common and that kids should do, which drives me nuts. Um, but uh, – you know, if he outside of the bowl, I think the more inter- one of the interesting questions is who's going to play quarterback. I think it'll probably be to carry on Joyner, Phil, because if they want to keep the red shirt on Doty, and then you got other three other guys that have never played. Uh, if you let's say it is Illinois in the Relia Quest Bowl, they've got a top five defense, so they're really good at defense. So yeah, yeah. Um, you want to roll out Colton Gothier? <laughs> no, I, 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 <laughs> no. No, nothing against Colton, but he hasn't thrown, you know, the ball all year. So you don't want to bring that up against a good defense. Yeah. So, you know, I uh, I want to say this, too, because I caught it at the end of the chat box uh, at last Wednesday. Uh, as far as the show goes, this is not just a football season thing. We're going to do yeah. this every day. It's a daily show. I mean, it's just like a radio show. Um, you never know, you know, what we may add and what we may bring to the table in the future. But uh it is a, uh, it is a, uh, it's a daily show. So we're going to talk basketball. Men's basketball team beat my alma mater of USC yeah. upstate. Mm-hmm. Uh, came from behind. Gigi had a big game. Uh, it's going to be probably a long season, just to warn you. But we're going to talk Gamecock baseball, recruiting, coaching changes, whatever, uh, and roll it right on through the summer. Now, I do have a vacation coming up uh, <laughs> after the day after Christmas. You know. Uh, and so there, there will be times we take off, but it's not going to be uh, something where we just do it during football, you know. So I hope you guys stick with us because we got a lot of exciting things planned. Oh man, yeah, we got portal signing. If football's all you're after, there's you know the portal opens up in a week, signing days coming up early. So yeah, there's gonna be plenty to talk about on all fronts. You know, baseball. Okay. I mean, yeah, we're we're gonna stick with you. Spring practice, whatever. You know, happy happy always says. JC, I don't know if you saw it earlier, but Josh Pate gave you a shout-out for calling him out on his Clemson pick. Now, I'll say this. I never called him out on his pick. I didn't even make a pick, okay? So I wouldn't call Josh out. What he said, I think, was I needed Sherbert to go delete that post, but he didn't. (laughs) But I'll say this. Josh never contacted me asking me to delete it. He was joking around. Yeah. Uh, Josh is going to own whatever he does. We certainly loved having him on uh, a couple of weeks ago. But I I would never call Josh Pate out for – a pick or a prediction. Um, I just think he, he said he needed me to leave. People in the big spur were calling him out, but not bad. I mean, I think Josh has a lot of respect, you know, um, and getting mad about picks sometimes, you know, and I think Keith with Pat McAfee wasn't mad about the pick necessarily. He was mad about, uh, well, he doesn't like McAfee to begin with. And he was mad about what he said about Rattler, I guess. But, um, you know, that's the thing there. Um, Tiffany says, now that Satterfield gone, do we think the portal will be kinder to us? Yeah, Tiffany, I just don't – 
look, everybody gets all worried about the transfer portal and, you know, when things aren't going well and you're losing, uh, I think sometimes there is that grass is greener. The, the only one I'm worried about necessarily uh, or that we'd be, I would still be concerned about is Jaheim Bell uh, to a certain extent, but, I mean, he's gotten a bunch of touches, you know, since the Vanderbilt game. So I, I maybe that situation solved itself. I know he was really happy the Gamecocks won. So um, that's the deal there. Uh, happy Happy says, what about Braden Davis if needed for the bowl game? Don't think he's ready. Uh, I think if they had to go with a freshman, it'd probably be Tanner Bailey. I've heard he's really good, but uh, but who knows? Um, Quantrell was watching the game at TTT's in downtown Clemson at the Tiger Town Tavern. <laughs> Quantrell, <laughs> hats off to you, sir. That's right. Quantrell didn't get a day. Quantrell's just yeah, like right. <laughs> he's just, he's rolling in there like Brett Bielema, man. You know, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh. It's it's congratulations. He's looking well. Wells converted that third down to seal it. Gamecock Nation overtook downtown Clemson. A moment I will remember forever. Up there with UGA 2012. Man, congratulations for wandering into Tiger Town Tavern and watching that game. Uh, Jack says Marion, Brendan Marion for OC. I like it. I'd be I'd be happy with it. Um, Aaron well, an says interesting question was posed earlier, though, JC. Okay, with Satterfield leaving, do any of the quarterbacks follow him? I don't know. They like him. Mm-hmm. Tanner Bailey likes him a lot. Uh, I know Dante Reno likes him a lot. I know Braden Davis likes him. A lot. I mean, yeah, Jalen Daniel. I mean, they all like him. Uh, I, I think a lot of it, though, you know, this is why Shane Beamer is an asset when it's your head coach. Because, you know, if the head ball coach was here, he'd be like, shoot, you want to transfer? Oh, we'll win with you, win without you. I'm not going to kiss anybody's butt and keep them, <laughs> get them to stay. But uh, Muschamp was good at keeping people on board, and I think I think Beamer is is really good at it too. I, I think that they're going to – and I think a lot of these guys came to play for Shane Beamer. They believe in what he's doing. There's enough belief around the room, around the dang, you know, building, in the building, in Shane and what he's doing that I just don't know. Now, maybe one of them leaves and, and goes. I mean, Nebraska probably needs a quarterback, I would think. But, um, you know, that that's kind of the deal there. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, that's the deal. Tiffany says, why, Marion? We have a receivers coach in Justin Stepp. Well, it, 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 to get a good play caller, Tiffany, you just adjust. You know, you, you know, some of these offenses have two receivers coaches. I know at Mississippi State they have inside and outside. Or you can have one guy that coaches outside receivers and tight ends and one that coaches inside receivers, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, RB says he would like to see Tanner Bailey get a few snaps in the bowl. We'll see what happens. Um, Jordan says, I will say this. I don't know how the OC situation will play out, but I trust Beamer no matter what. Um, yeah, I trust him to get it get it right. I mean, and it may not be a guy like a Browse that we're all familiar with, but I'm pretty sure it'll be a guy that's produced. Uh, and it won't be like – the BMAC hire or the Roper hire that people were kind of against or the Satterfield hire, which everybody went nuts about. Uh, it'll be one where everybody's like, okay, here we go. Let's see what can happen. Um, You know, Alonzo says, Pate always picks against us. Well, he did the last two weeks, but hey, you're 20 and a half, one underdog and, or 21 and 14, excuse me, 14 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so can't, can't blame him. 
uh, on that one. He did pick A&M and Kentucky. So, um, you know, but I, you know, look, I, Pate's picks are, are they, he does them by gut, the model. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't throw shade at anybody that puts that kind of work into picking. I don't like to pick games, so I, I kind of don't emphasize it a lot. I know you guys want me to make a pick, and so I do, but it's just because of you guys. Otherwise, I would stay steer clear of making picks. You know, I, I kind of make my picks when I turn on my little app and, you know, throw 2 or $3 on, a, on, a, on the app for a game on Saturdays just mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's legal here, and so I enjoy doing it. Um, happy, happy, happy says, I'm assuming Sat won't be coach of the bowl game. I don't know the uh, the answer to that yet. Uh, I'm assuming Beamer will release something at some point since it's out there. But I did get this. Kai Kroger, obviously SEC team special player of the week, special team, special teams player of the week. Imagine that. Uh, can't see anybody else getting it. <laughs> and get, guess who was SEC uh, co-defensive player of the week? Marcellus Dial. Oh, what do you know? Mm-hmm. How about that? Uh, he only <laughs> – Marcellus only allowed one completion, three pass breakups, and a pick, two solo tackles. Held Clemson to eight for 29. So the strategy of going after number 24 did not pay off for the Tigers, no. needless to say. Didn't really um, work for Tennessee either, so maybe they should have paid attention to the game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've always thought Marcellus was a good player. I just think when you're scouting South Carolina, you're trying to look for a guy that sometimes gets beaten coverage because Rush and Smith are so good that you just kind of go, well, let's pick on 24. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of one of those things there. Um, I also read, JC, that end of the regular season, Nick eamon Worry leads the SEC in solo tackles. Yep. As a true freshman. Imagine that. Yeah. So that's the deal there. Macandino says SEC Mike picks against the Gamecocks every game. Yeah. He did. He picked AM. He picked Kentucky. He picked, uh, I don't know if he picked, I think he picked Carolina to beat Missouri, but to, I think he didn't pick Vandy, I don't think. Um, yeah, SEC Mike's good people, though. He, uh, yeah. a frequent contributor on the, on the podcast. And certainly, uh, I did, I was told that, uh, Cousin Shane was, uh, okay with the loss to the Gamecocks. He just uh, he said it was good to be somebody's signature win for a change. So nice. And uh, he also said uh, something to the effect today of, "I really don't mind what happened last week since you did that to Dabo this week." <laughs> a lot of folks don't like Dabo out there, man. No. It's uh, <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, oh, he picked Vandy to beat the Gamecocks. Ooh, that was not good. Josh says, are we still pretending Sack called the last two weeks? Or uh, he called them. Now, uh, uh, the operational aspect of the offense was different. So, what was, were there, was there somebody giving suggestions maybe that he had to follow? Were there guide? I know there were guidelines, there were guardrails on, on it because they, they said, we're just going to focus on these plays and we're going to focus on going really fast. Uh, and so, uh, or not really fast, but at a brisker tempo. No more of this. You remember Rattler told Tim Tebow they used 20 different personnel groupings against Florida. There's no need for that. 
<laughs> There's no, and you saw, you know, even against Clemson, things were not going the Gamecocks way. Oh They're my down. goodness, I was so worried about that because, yeah. you know, in the first half, I'm like, and here we go, running people on, running people off again. Yeah, here we and, go. And, and, and all of a sudden it started <laughs> click. Uh, happy, happy, happy says, I say we petitioned the NCAA for Nate Atkins to have four more years of eligibility. <laughs> hey, Nate had a great game, man. Kind yeah. of an unsung hero. You know, you think about all the blocking the good blocking he did at times in the run game this year. And then when they moved him kind of in the back as an H back type guy against Tennessee, his protection was good. And then he gets involved in the pass game. How about that? Mm -hmm. uh, he was a guy they took late and everybody's like, why do you need another tight end? And uh, I said, well, look, you need a guy kind of like a Pat DeMarco or Adam Prentice, if you will, uh, Leonard Stafford or Leonard Stafford Spurrier called him Leonard. Leonard. That, that's kind of the thing. Um, so that's the thing there. Sam says citrus bowl. Not sure about that. Uh, it'll be citrus, citrus gator, or what used to be the outback. Um, and Doc says that catch by Nate Atkins will live on for many years. So will that game Saturday, folks. That'll be mm -hmm. that was a heck of a win. Uh, I know for Gamecock fans, it's everything, but then you do it on top of beating Tennessee the week before. I mean, those are two teams that nobody, you know, Gamecock fans especially don't like. So. Uh, I think outside of maybe beating Georgia and Clemson back-to-back, -back, uh, that meant a whole lot and certainly is huge for Shane Beamer and his program. So was the news today, in my opinion. Don't want to, like, pile on, but uh, I think I think that move was for the best for everyone involved, including Everybody's Nebraska. Because, like Keith pointed out, Matt Rule will make sure that uh, everything is kind of in check uh, up there. All right, so uh, that's all. And, Chris, just to tell you on the limbo rumors – my understanding is there's some validity to it. It's Towson State, but we'll see sort of what happens. I do know he wants to be a head coach again, and uh, I think Towson is a job that's got, you know, some upside to it up there in Maryland, where you know, close to where he's from. Anyway, that's all the time we have for Phil Mullinax. It's J.C. Sherbert. This has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be back tomorrow. The Mental Edge with Sawyer Nicks. Got some text from Sawyer over the weekend. Also, uh, lots more. This week, uh, guest-wise, we'll have Jamie Bradford in Wednesday, Chris Phillips in, all of the happy characters. Full week of shows this week, folks, as we monitor all of the news moving forward around Gamecock football, including bowl selection, coaching changes, what have you. For Phil Monax, J.C. Sherbert, have a great, great, great Monday. Enjoy it. Someone's wearing orange at your office. Just give a little snicker, okay? All right, folks, we'll see you tomorrow.